0: Welcome back to See Here Love, a community where we listen, learn, and lean in together. And who better to lean in and hang out with than the women's panel? First, Trifina, welcome to the studio. Yeah, yes. it's great to have you here. So good to be here. So good, thank you. And Esther, hello, hello. Looking beautiful. Looking Are very beautiful. Hi, Esther, and Cheryl. Thanks. It's good to have you back. Good to be here. Yeah, now. it's good to be here. And especially for this topic. Yeah. I think we all need to take kind of a breath. Because when I presented this topic and theme to you, every one of you, each one of you were like, yes, we need to do this. This is gonna be hard and challenging, but necessary and important for us, for our sisters, for the church, and for you know, our nation and, and, and how we respond to this. And so the theme that I brought to you was character over influence, how we respond to clergy sexual and emotional abuse. So I, I wanna allow this time for us to share our thoughts, share our feelings, and help those that have been victimized by clergy sexual and emotional abuse. But I wanna start first, and Trifina, I wanna start with you about how are you personally feeling about abuse, sexual and emotional, that we've heard recently in churches and with leaders that we are all somehow closely connected with mm. this has really impacted us because we're connected in some way very closely mm-hmm. how are you feeling through this like gut level honest i am
1: exhausted mm-hmm. i feel like in the last couple of years it has been story after story after story and it's angering and if i'm honest part of that anger is grief as i'm triggered and i'm having to mm-hmm. process my own stuff again but yeah there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of exhaustion Anger,
0: yeah. exhaustion. yeah thank you
2: yeah I'm heartbroken and devastated for um, those that have been directly involved and those that have been in the crossfires of all of this. Mm-hmm. There is collateral damage. People are disillusioned and hurting and broken and have left uh, faith and church mm-hmm. because of things like this. But I also joined with Trifina. I feel triggered. You know, mm-hmm. um, my abuse, my clergy abuse was as a child. It was my Sunday school teacher. And so uh I carry I carry that, and it almost resurfaces mm-hmm. in different ways now, where I just want to jump in and help to mitigate and rescue and and uh, and defend those that have been um, falsely accused or victimized. Yeah. and it's just time. I think it's time that we do this, mm-hmm. that we not be silent. Yeah, yeah, it's good.
3: yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I love the church. As you know, I, I, my work, I, I love the work that I do in serving the local church. Um, but when I hear these reports of abuse, I just feel like Trofina. I feel anger and, and even shame at how certain people, especially most often people in power within the church, abuse that power at the expense of those that are most vulnerable. And I would say truthfully, nothing unnerves or angers me more than when people use God's holy name to inflict hurt and pain on other people. And I just feel like um, lately I've just been praying that God would bring conviction and healing and restoration of all that's been broken within his Mm -hmm. church.
0: It's Good. I think personally, because it's close, because this person was a good friend and a mentor to me, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, How could he, what was he thinking? I mean, and this is for many of us that, you know, the question, and then how could he do that to this the woman and, and victimize her and hurt her, manipulate her? And so there's a lot of emotion. I feel deep sadness. I feel deep disappointment. I feel anger, all the emotions. And I think the grief part, the process of grief is today, honestly, is what I still am walking through yeah. in this. And so I appreciate your thoughts. I think too, you know, I was looking at the latest stats from 2019 of sexual assault and abuse, and they say 30% of women over the age of 15 in Canada have been sexually assaulted and abused, Yeah. 30%. Yeah. And I believe there's probably more because there's a lot that haven't been reported. Yeah. Mm. And so this is definitely a topic that we need to talk about. Yeah. Jafina, I want to ask you this. I think this is a really important question a lot of people are asking on socials. How have we gotten to this place in the church where stories of abuse seem prevalent, breaking constantly, and are there ways, and this is a hard question, Mm -hmm. that we, Mm -hmm. I'm pointing at myself, we have contributed to creating a culture in which abuse seems to be bred. (laughs) So hard. It's such a good question. I think I'm loving looking online, looking
1: at social media and, and, you know, the news outlets, and people are trying to grapple with this question. I think there's a lot of thought processes. Oh, well, it can't be a mega church because then there's space for power to, to breed. It can't be a church led by only one gender, um, or it can't be a church where only one person holds the power. Yeah. But the reality is, I look at churches that have done the opposite of that, and there's still abuse of power. There's still right. sexual abuse happening. And I think, for me, there, it, it's, it's a myriad of reasons, but I think our entire system and structure is broken. I think we have to go after what we are bringing in in terms of our own baggage and calling Islam gospel. What are we saying is the character of Jesus that is actually our own ideologies. So I can only speak about myself. I'm an Indian, Canadian, Christian woman. I know that I come from a culture where I have a guru culture. I believe, like, I've grown up in a system where you have one person you go to all for, for all your advice. Mm-hmm. I have a culture where I believe in reincarnation, so I believe that one person is doing well because they have done well. Um, and so if I bring that theology into the church, mm-hmm. then I'm and I never unpack that. I'm building structures of legalism. I'm building structures where one person is in power. And once you have one person in power, it's so easy to then say, well, one person's made in the image of God and not someone else. We've seen that in our own continent, right? We've enslaved people for generations because they're not in the image of God. And so I think when we have people and pastors not unpacking their own trauma and their own cultures and their own family of origin, so you've been through a divorce, if you don't unpack that abandonment wound, you're bringing that into your theology. Mm -hmm. And umbrella of grace, most of our pastors in the evangelical Western church are upper middle class white men. And if we're not unpacking that one position, then we're bringing an entire theology that is based around one culture and one perspective. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we have to be unpacking our backpacks and we have to stop trying to be the be all and end all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah, Fiona, <laughs> I, I truly agree with you. And, and I, I, you touched on the system is broken. And I think that that's a big part of this conversation is, is just talking about what has been broken, what needs to be restored. I think that something that's good, that's coming out of all of this, that I'm, you know, maybe it's rose colored glasses, but I wonder if the very fact that we're talking about it and the very fact that it's now been exposed is, is a positive thing because for centuries, we've, we, we know that this has been happening. Like you said, it's not just multi, it's not just mega church. It's not just one culture or another, this is systemic and it's been happening for centuries. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the difference was that it was staying hidden. And now it's being exposed, and I wonder if the very fact that it's being exposed is a sign that we are moving forward and that there is some form of restoration that can take place because we are bringing it to light. And we're bringing these voices to light where they were previously silenced, so those women that were scared to voice their uh, their their concerns or their um their abuse, those ones are, be, are they're, they're getting voice, they're getting people to come alongside and advocate for them. They um, previously may have been afraid to do so, but now they can bring it forward. And so my hope is that over time, as we have more and more of this exposure, that it'll actually help to change the narrative of the church in the area of mm-hmm. sexual abuse.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, for me, this is, I, I've, I've tried to wrestle with this and bring it down to, so it's in its simplest form for me. It's an external and internal issue. External for me is this inability and this intimidation to name a thing. Mm. Um, this pressure to not call forth, uh, call people to righteousness, to right living, to call out sin as sin. There is a pressure in the society of like, how dare you, don't you dare. Um, and so we're left holding our stones. We're left thinking, uh, we, can't, we can't say God, like, is this wrong? And so there's this weird thing of people not naming this thing mm-hmm. and allowing that to perpetuate unchecked um, and, and not tried against the word of God very wrong. It feels like the adulterous woman all over again. It's this idea of dragging her out stones, but where's the actual predator? Where's the actual person who has done the act? Internally, it's a surrender issue for me. I feel like so many people in faith, and let's just broaden this out to leaders in general, are not fully surrendered and and, and wholeheartedly yielded to God. Mm. They are carrying sinful parts of themselves past wounds cycles hidden secret deceptive things and so they live in this bubble of this contaminated there's an old verse that talks about the fly in the apothecary I don't know why that stuck out for me when I was a child but this idea of taintedness moving and growing in God with taintedness around it and not yielding that sin completely and we have done this we have created ministries entirely around a singular person we have done the Mm -hmm. elevation of them king-like status guru status and so sin is left to breed doors are left open windows Mm -hmm. are left open for the enemy to come in and these idolic worship altars of man need to be burned by the divine fire of god Mm -hmm. like the only person we revere is the lord Mm -hmm. jesus christ
0: Mm -hmm good good thoughts you guys Mm -hmm. exactly and i think it's a a check to say when you go to church when you look at your own church Mm -hmm. when you're trying to check out a new church or community i think that's a good question to ask yourself what's happening in the leadership Mm -hmm. is the is the pastor the leader elevated to a status that is untouchable that there's no accountability these are and you know what you can ask those questions Mm -hmm. and if you're shut down when you ask those questions that's a good sign something's happening. you know. These are also very practical things in this conversation. We want to help people um, as they journey through this, and I think those are really good, really good. Now, Esther, I know that you just had a recent talk about character over influence, and I know this is something, and I can tell you're very passionate in this space, but talk to us a little bit about that, how this is all connected to uh, clergy, sexual and emotional abuse, this character over influence. Yeah,
3: I think we can't have this conversation without talking about the need for character over influence. And I recently saw a post um, by a a Christian leader who said, "This this is what character is not. Character is not authority. It's not title, charisma, platform, influence, accomplishments, intelligence. None of those are equal to character. Character is revealed in how well we love. And so if your life as a Christian leader is not marked by love, or not marked by service towards others, if instead it's marked by your own platform and performance, then you're not a true leader. You are a performer. And so to be a leader with integrity and character, you have to spend less time building a following and more time praying for your followers and less time learning from influencers and more time being influenced by Christ. And so we've seen the dangers firsthand of when leaders are given a platform before they've had a chance to develop their character, or rather maybe they've prioritized that platform and popularity over developing character. And so I think that's what we're seeing here in the area of clergy sexual abuse. We know that we aren't born with character. We develop character, and more often than not, it's developed when things are difficult. So I believe that we really as Christians, we need to go through some fires of adversity in order to handle the applause of popularity that we're given. We see that in the life of Joseph, who was betrayed by his family, thrown into a pit, falsely accused, thrown into prison. But those things that he experienced, those fires of adversity developed his character, and they prepared him for a position of influence. And so I do believe that for the leaders in our churches, the higher they rise, the harder they're going to fall. Many of the clergy with allegations of abuse are those who I think have risen very highly and very quickly, Mm -hmm. and they may not be prepared spiritually for the weight of that responsibility. That's why we need more godly influencers who are connected in word, in spirit, in community, who are humble and prayerful and wise and discerning, who have accountability towards God and others. And so one last song on that is that being a godly influencer who displays a strong moral character, is knowing how and when you should exert that influence. And and also knowing when not to, Mm -hmm. which is when that influence or power is gonna be used as a weapon for abuse. Yeah, wow. Wow. Excellent, excellent,
0: Esther. That's so
1: good. I so agree with what you're saying. And I love how you're going after, are we influential or are we looking to be influencers? Because I think all too often, we're trying to get that soundbite. We're trying to say something that makes sense and that is radical, but isn't actually something we're living out. And so we're preaching what isn't actually practiced in our life. And so I love, love, love how you're tying together character and influence.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I just think, I think that we've lost our way. Um, there's a pressure to, to do and to grow and to influence rather than sitting, yielding, and, and, and leaning into mm-hmm. the heart of God. And I pray that we can find our way back to character.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I pray that we can find our way back to that.
0: You know, this discussion is really important because I think for any leader, even myself as a leader, we're all leaders, mm-hmm. I think it's a check to say, how are we doing? How are we actually doing in the inside? Yeah, And that we're not succumbing yeah. to this need to be the most successful, the most popular, the most influential without saying, wait, our character has to come up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And we hear that, right? You, like your your influence and popular can only go so far, your character will take you all the way. Yeah. And if you're not in sync with character and influence, you, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to his community, especially within church, we need to be people to call people out mm-hmm. yeah. to be that voice to say, what are you doing? What's happening? And if they don't want that, then you're on them again and on them again. And I think that's really important. Character over influence, Love that. really good. Love that. Cheryl, Yeah. so what do we do about clergy, sexual and emotional abuse so that we don't stay in this place? It's a big question now for people. So all of this has broken, you know, out on news and social media and again like all of you said this isn't new Mm -hmm. this has been happening for centuries this one though because it's been close to us yeah so what do we do to ensure we don't stay in this place because honestly i don't think the church the people that love the church the people that are following jesus can can do this yeah anymore
2: yeah oh man um How do we get out of this? What are some of the things? The first thing in general is that we need to all be committed to reflecting the heart of God. We're not Mm -hmm. reflecting the heart of God. Mm -hmm. And that looks like many different things. It looks like not defending the institution of church, but sitting with the broken. Mm -hmm. It looks like standing with the hurting. It looks like... um, coming alongside it looks like believing those that are crying out that they have been abused
0: Mm.
2: initially it looks like it looks like jesus it doesn't look like slandering and re-victimizing people who were brave enough that summed up everything put it all on the line to say this has happened to me and then be called Jezebel and this and that and Mm -hmm. harlot and horrible things. It doesn't look like intimidation. It doesn't look like threats. And I know right now there are people who have come forward that are being threatened, literally their lives threatened for what? For speaking truth. We are defending stone. We are defending bricks. It is not God, the house of God is a structure we have built. We are the church. Mm -hmm. We are the living church. Are we reflecting Jesus in how we care for those who are broken? The other thing is we need to restore such a one. So there is grace. There is forgiveness for those that have fallen. And we need to not also be in a place of hatred and anger. Um, I think about listening and hearing um, giving space to those that are hurting. There are people that are affected by all of this. And we need to sit and be still and hear and and, and not judge and not defend. The posture of defense for Christians mm-hmm. is wrong. We should not be defending the church. We need to let that guard down because it looks so bad. We need to hear, listen, and be humble. And lastly, My prayer is that we would understand that telling the truth, calling the church to accountability, calling leadership to accountability is not hate. Mm -hmm. It's not anti-church. It is what the Bible has called us to do, it's love. Mm -hmm. We love the church and her potential and who she's called to be, that we will speak the hard truth because we want her to heal and we want her to be whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I encourage people to do those things. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah Cheryl, I, I couldn't agree more with everything you've just said. I think that there is healing that needs to take place, but before that healing can take place, we as the church, I mean, we all have a lot of heart, heart posturing to do, of repentance um, to to seek God in all of this and and also hold those leaders accountable. And I think what, like I said earlier, I think that that actually is uh, what I'm seeing as a positive in all of this is that we are uh, we are identifying those leaders who need swift uh, and strong um, accountability and measures to be taken so that those women, especially. Uh, that have been abused, they recognize that we are for them and not against them and that this can't stand, that these that these men or p- people in power do not represent the body of Christ the, in its fullness and its beauty, um, but that they are a very small group of people who have most likely pursued popularity and position over that life of love mm-hmm. and service. And so my heart is that there would be accountability and uh, and that they would be dealt with very quickly so that those women, that their uh, their faith in God and in the church could be restored um, to see how beautiful it can be when we are in community and when, uh, when God is at our heart, our center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. I love how you
1: talked about the importance of how we respond to people. When they sum up all their courage to share their story, we're aware that like s- clergy sexual and spiritual abuse can happen to men and women. So right now, as all these stories are continuing to break, I'm so aware that more this is going to trigger more people and their stories are going to come to light. Whether they've held it down or they've disassociated, things are coming up. And I think that's such a good reminder to us, as people confide in us and share their stories, that we don't go from a place of suspicion. This is not about having to prove your story. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are going to support, we are going to believe, and we are going to empathize and fight for their healing.
0: I think then it's perfect that we segue into a bit of Mm takeaway. You know, this conversation definitely I know will have triggered some people. I know there are people who are watching and listening who are like, Yes, yes. So now how do we care for those who have been impacted by sexual abuse and emotional abuse, that Mm -hmm. have victim been victimized, that have been bullied online, who have not been believed. Do you know how many women I've been reading online who said, I went forward yeah. and they didn't believe me. I went forward to talk about the abuse and people shut me down and kicked me out of the church. That is not the church. That is not Jesus. Yeah. That is not who I follow. Right. And so what can we do? How do we care for those? And I think this is speaking for us as women individually, but also collectively as the church, how can we care? Esther, how can we care?
3: Oh, well, I mean, first of all, we need to bring them close um, and not push them away. My concern is that with all of this coming through, um, that, that more people will walk away from God because they've been hurt by the church or even more specifically by sinful men and, and women within the church. And that's not just sexual abuse. That's a lot of different abuses within the church where people have been hurt. Um, recognizing that God is not the problem. It's it's the sin in our hearts that's the problem. And so I would love for them to experience a safe community where they can heal, uh, where they can have a place of sanctuary and not abuse. And that is what we saw. I mean, church for centuries has been a place of sanctuary. And I think we need to come back to that place where people can feel safe and whole and restored within the church so that they can find God in the church and not be abused
1: yeah, no, I I totally hear you, and I I think it's so important that we want to create a safe space for people, and I think part of that is part of this conversation is we're bringing things to the light, we're having honest conversations, we're being honest about our own abuse, so that people know that it is a safe place to bring their own trauma and their own you know baggage, because. Church, I'm tired of the days of church being a place for perfect people where we walk in and we put people on pedestals and we act like we have all of our stuff together. And so I think to be able to love people well, part of that is being able to come in honestly mm-hmm. and to love people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, you know, I was thinking of um, there's a beautiful place that is uh, a safe space that's really being formed right now. It's called haggersvoice.com, mm-hmm. and it's a place where people can share their brokenness, mm-hmm. tell their story, find like uh, sisterhood and community and um, we need more of that um we need more advocates standing up for and with mm-hmm. um and i i also encourage people to pray mm-hmm. can we can mm-hmm. we throw that in oh, mm-hmm. yeah. i feel like we we can talk a lot but are we bringing all of this yeah. to the father mm-hmm. are we surrendering the church at his feet and um yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah well, I think the perfect thing then to do is I want to end with a verse mm-hmm. to give us pause. And I want, Trifina to read it, we're going to take like a, just a 30 second pause for all of us. And I just want your response on how this verse as a prayer yeah. can encourage ourselves and for women and men mm-hmm. who have been victimized, who are being abused. Mm-hmm. And then I'll close up. Yeah. But, so it's know. a verse that's very common. And, you know,
1: so many of us might have heard it before, but Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me.
0: How does that verse encourage you and how would that verse encourage somebody who is really struggling today? Esther, when you hear that.
3: Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a matter of if God will be with us mm-hmm. when he is with us, that we don't have to walk this alone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too much for any person to carry, um, even in a community, a church to carry. This is, uh, we need God's help. We need his comfort. We need his strength and his guidance. We need a shepherd And if we're talking about shepherding, I mean, we need shepherds in our church who truly love their sheep, who would give their life for them, that would lay their lives down for their sheep. And I think we need more people to rise up to be shepherds than people with a platform and an influence
2: and a popularity. Uh, in in the hardest times, the valley of shadow and death, I am with Jesus, the great shepherd. Jesus Mm -hmm. said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so for those that are really fearful about being truth tellers, Mm -hmm. you are walking with truth himself. Mm -hmm. Truth goes before you. Truth is surrounding you. God will always stand with truth. You are not alone. And that staff is there in times of weariness, And when you feel like you want to give up, you lean on the shepherd Mm -hmm. who has the staff and know that you are not alone.
1: Mm. Yeah, so good. I just got stuck in the valley of the shadow of death. That's what this feels like for me right now. It feels like a moment of crisis in our church. And you know what? It's so easy to spiritualize it and say God's got it or here's what God's doing but it is okay for me to sit in that dark place and know that God is with me in there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm gonna feel those
0: emotions right now, how heavy it feels. Mm-hmm.
2: And to call it a valley and it's okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I think at this verse, what struck me was that, you know, evil will be with us. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are not not going to face evil. Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say when you walk through the valley, there'll be no evil right. at all. Mm-hmm. It's actually when you confront evil, know that the good mm-hmm. shepherd will be there with his rod and staff hitting, punching, defending, blocking, scooping, parting, everything that you think of a rod and a staff, it's all those things. It's for defense, it's for carrying, Mm. it's for blocking, it's for, like I said, parting stuff away, it's clearing a path. So if if somebody who's listening, even for us, and I even think for me, because, you know, I've been a victim of abuse. Mm -hmm. When I think about the Good Shepherd, it's like, yes and yes, this is what everybody is needing and desiring. Yeah. And guess what? He is with us.
2: Yeah,
0: He is with us. And it may not feel that way, but I think it's a call to the church and for us as yeah. women to say, I'll be there alongside of you in the valley. Yeah. And even though my reputation will be shot mm-hmm. and people will hate me for standing up and defending you, sister, I will be there for you. Yeah. This is what it's about. This is love. We just yeah. talked about that. This. this is yeah. true love that you would lay down your life yeah. for a friend. And so um, I think that verse mm-hmm. is now in my head resonating yeah. uh, with us. Yeah. Any last words? And then I need to, I, I know I, I need to, I, I need to end one. the
2: show. I, but It's just on my chest. I'm so glad that for the opportunity. Can we pray, support, uplift truth tellers? Okay. Mm. Those that have been called like Nathan, the prophet to go to the king and say, thou art the man. That is a heavy mm. office to be th- that sort of truth teller to the church to the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and we need to come alongside those people and galvanize and be shields and strength and support Mm -hmm. yeah so let's
0: commit sisters that we are going to pray that we will stand we will part we will carry we'll be truth tellers in this place and even for us all of us today and the next week as leaders character over influence how are we leaning into Jesus as we lead and I am so proud of you all I am so grateful for you all. What a tremendous year together. Love you Mm -hmm. all. And thank you for your courage to talk about this timely, important, and very difficult Mm -hmm. theme. So thank you. Thank you so much. And to our viewers, thank you so much for joining us. You can hear more about uh, what we've been sharing about today um, on seeherlove.com. I know that we're probably going to do a podcast about this, but thank you so much for joining us. And for those who have listened who have been victimized, who are survivors, who are struggling, know this always, that you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by the Good Shepherd today. Thanks for joining us.
2: See, here, Love thanks our partners who make this show possible.